Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, I hope you guys are having a fantastic Wednesday as we get started off and running here with the Outkick the Coverage show. And I think within the next 36 hours, probably, maybe 24, maybe even today, We're going to have a sense, finally, at long last, for the end of the drama that surrounds Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys. Reports now emerging that the Denver Broncos have become the favorite to sign Tony Romo. That would be an incredible addition for the Broncos because I think if you go back in time, it's basically Peyton Manning Part 2. If you remember when Peyton Manning was leaving the Indianapolis Colts as a legend... There were legitimate questions about whether or not Manning was ever going to be able to play football at a high level again. In fact, if you think about the Tony Romo physical situation as it compares to the Peyton Manning physical situation, I think you would have to argue that Romo's in a lot better health. He's had time to recover. His body should be in decent shape. Now, the argument is the same argument that you had about Peyton Manning when he left and signed with the Broncos. Could he take a hit? Was his body going to stand up to it? And what did Manning do? He put up three outstanding years and then had a fourth year where he wasn't very good, but they still won the Super Bowl. The Broncos were a contender to win the Super Bowl all four years. And honestly, if Raheem Moore knocks down that pass, I know it hurts still for Denver Bronco fans to even think about it against Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. 
there's a pretty good chance that Peyton Manning and the Broncos are in three Super Bowls in the four years that he's there. They lost to the Seahawks, got the safety on the first play of the game in New York City. I was there for that game. They managed to beat Cam Newton and the Panthers. But man, they should have been. The best team they had was the one that lost to the Baltimore Ravens when Joe Flacco uncorked that insane Hail Mary and Raheem Moore just forgot how to play safety. He looked like you or me trying to cover that pass. The parallels are extraordinary between Tony Romo and Peyton Manning. And the parallels between Peyton Manning and John Elway were pretty regularly apparent as well. Elway is the guy who can't win the big game until the very end of his career when suddenly he rides off into the sunset with back-to-back back-to-back Super Bowls. And what does Peyton Manning do? Ride off into the sunset, the sheriff, with a second Super Bowl. I think, and you can you can record this, and it may be the dumbest thing that I've said, and I've said a lot of dumb things over the years, and I'm not perfect in certainly any of my opinions. I think that if Tony Romo goes to the Denver Broncos, he will put the Broncos in the Super Bowl before his career is over. Their defense is that good. Demarius Thomas is that outstanding. I believe that this Denver Bronco team is not very far removed from being a Super Bowl champion team. And that if they can protect Romo, get a little bit better in the run game, that's the best possible destination for him. Now, there may be a better destination for Romo in terms of his life. You may well say, oh, he should stay in the state of Texas where he's already a legend. He can go up to Houston, and then for his family, he can get back and forth between Dallas and Houston very easily. He's got the money to be able to afford private travel. He won't have to upset what has been a pretty normal existence in his life. I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that idea. Now, if Houston, he decides, is the better location because they have really talented wide receivers and Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, because they have a stellar defense with J.J. Watt coming back healthy, because he believes that they can win a Super Bowl, maybe their division is easier. I think certainly, although the AFC South is on a bit of an upswing, I think you look at Andrew Luck, Marcus Mariota, there are two better quarterbacks right now in the in the AFC South than what certainly the Houston Texans have. But Romo might well look at that and say, all I care about is winning a division. Where's the easiest place I can go and win a division that gets me into the playoffs? Then I think you could make the argument that Houston's a better destination. Because I do think that Denver, if you look at what's going to happen with the Oakland Raiders, assuming that Derek Carr comes back healthy, now that San Diego is moving to L.A., Phillip Rivers, always a stellar quarterback. Maybe they can rebound after a really disappointing season in 2016. And the Kansas City Chiefs were there in the mix to advance to a Super Bowl. Now, I don't think Alex Smith is going to get them there, but I think there's zero doubt that the AFC West is a tougher division than the AFC South. So maybe Romo is really strategic about it and sits down and says, okay, Houston versus Denver which is going to be my pick, because I think it's one of those two cities. I would be stunned at this point, and I think Denver's the best option. I think Denver's the best option because of John Elway. I think because of what has happened there already. You can be the third in that line. You can be Elway to Manning to Romo. I think Romo could get him to the Super Bowl. Texans' second-best choice. I don't think it's an awful choice. I think it's fair to say that I would be very surprised if it were not 
Denver, or Houston. And I've been saying that since we started talking about Tony Romo being released. This is where it makes sense for him to go, Denver or Houston. Either one of those teams gets into the playoffs, I believe, with Tony Romo if he's healthy. And then we'll see what happens once you get into the playoffs. Romo hasn't had great success in the playoffs, but he hasn't had very good defenses either. We forget how amazing, when he needed to be, Tony Romo has been in the fourth quarter, oftentimes driving his team down the field. And obviously, he gets a lot of attention for the interceptions, but often driving his team down the field to get the win. And how many of those wins did Tony Romo post where his team had to score 35 or more points? Where he was driving the length of the field, already having scored 28 points, and he had to get 35 to win? It's an interesting question for you, and we need a crack research staff, and I don't even know we could figure it out. How many times in the last three or four years have the Denver Broncos or the Houston Texans lost when they scored 30 points? Has it even happened? (laughs) Just think about it. How many times has that happened with those defenses in the last two years? In 2015, 2016, maybe we could probably even expand it to 2013 and 2014. In the last four years, how many times have the Houston Texans or the Denver Broncos lost and given up 30 points? I bet it hasn't happened. I think, Romo, you peg him in at either of those teams with those offensive weapons, with those wide receivers, with those defenses. I think they score 28 or more the vast majority of the time. Like each team would at least win 12 games and advance into the playoff. Is that a crazy proposition, Jason Martin, or are you with me? We'll go around the horn. Let's start it this way. Start with Jason Martin. Where would you go if you're Romo? You are, Romo's, you are Romo's uh, you are Romo's. advisor. You get to sit back and say, where's the best possible location for you to go? I Where go to Denver. Go? I go to Denver because of Elway, but I mean, obviously I'm biased as a lifelong Broncos fan, but I look at it and I say that defense and what Peyton Manning was able to do up there, you're around one of the great quarterbacks of all time in John Elway, somebody that understands. You know, the one thing that Tony Romo hasn't, been able to see is what it looks like to win on the highest stage to get to a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl being around John Elway would be of huge benefit to Tony Romo and if it's me I might just want to get out of Texas honestly at this point I've been there for such a long period of time there's going to be some hard feelings from some of the Dallas fans that don't want to see me go maybe I want to go a little bit further than the state so I would look at Denver because I just think they're in position to compete for a Super Bowl with 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 just him with the defense and everything else they have on the team you worried about the offensive line at all at Denver yes but I think that's the other thing that you address in free agency if you go ahead and grab Tony Romo and because Elway's a good negotiator you know, he probably gets him at a decent rate and gives him incentives for some of the things that he can pull off during the season as opposed to front-loading anything. And then you go after – you go ahead and shore up that offensive line so that you – and, it, you know, the other problem last year was the running game with C.J. Anderson going down and them not being able to run the football. That changes with a better line and a quarterback that actually scares people. And that's what they don't have right now. Paxton Lynch may be the future – but I don't think he's the present. If you can get me two or three years out of Tony Romo, I'll crawl over broken glass to get him as my quarterback. Danny G and Robert, what do you guys think? Well, I'll be biased too, but in the other direction, if I'm Romo, I do not want to see Khalil Mack and Irvin. And the thing is, the Raiders know during this offseason that they need to fix their interior rush. And once that happens, I just see Khalil Mack 
taking Romo out the very first time that Denver and Oakland play each other. I, I think you could certainly factor in the quality of the division. And that would be probably what would give me the most pause about the decision between, because I really do think it's a two-team decision. There are other places Romo can go, but what I'm giving Tony Romo credit for is my goal at this point, if I'm Romo, is solely to win a championship. Now, it's great if I can make a few more million dollars, but Tony Romo's made, I believe, over $100 million so far in his career. He's a really smart guy. Everybody that I talk to that's around him down in Dallas says this is not a guy who suddenly needs to make money. And he's going to be able to finish his career and walk right into a multi-million dollar a year gig. I would be very surprised if he's not at Fox Sports. He's got great relationships with people throughout the media industry in this country. And so he would have an offer, I think, at CBS. He'd have an offer at Fox. He would have an offer probably at ESPN, probably at NBC. I think he could do whatever he wanted. I think he'll go to Fox Sports because obviously they've been covering the Cowboys games so prominently for so many years with him as the quarterback, and he has great relationships there. So he's going to make millions of dollars after he finishes his career as a Troy Aikman-like, I believe, analyst. And so if you've got that opportunity, and you know you're going to be able to make millions of dollars for the rest of your life, and you've already made $100 million, the only thing that would give me pause about the decision to go to Denver is the AFC West. Everybody thinks, oh, you know, now I can't get used to saying it, but the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers are potentially going to make a pretty big comeback. I think Phillip Rivers got a couple of good years left. We know that Derek Carr is going to come back from his injury and that the Oakland Raiders are going to be fantastic. And we know that the Kansas City Chiefs are not going to fall off the radar. So you've got four teams if you toss in the Denver Broncos. Now you can say you've got to beat them at some point, and that's fair. But is it a lot easier to get past the AFC South? I think so. I do think so. I also see Jay, Jay Mart's argument that let's get outside the Lone Star State. You don't maybe create as much drama for yourself if you move to the different state. I don't think it's that tough to move the family. They're young. Saw that video he put out on Instagram of his family throwing football. That was fantastic. We need to play that maybe for people who haven't heard it already. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we'll open the phone lines, let you dive in. 877-996-6369. So you know for the show, bottom of the hour, I believe we are going to be joined by Doug Gottlieb. We'll talk about the conference championships going on, the tournaments that begin on Wednesday as we run up to the NCAA tournament brackets, which will be released on Sunday. We will also talk to our guy Jeff Schwartz in hour two as NFL free agency moves closer and closer. Tomorrow at 4 Eastern is the official start of NFL free agency. Go ahead and set alarms on your phone because your phone will blow up literally at that moment as everybody goes ahead and announces the official negotiation that is now taking place today for all of the new free agents. And, of course, as always, your calls. Let me go ahead and tell you right now that this show is brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Talking about Tony Romo and where he should end up as this drama finally starts to come to a close. There's been a lot of talk out of Denver that now the Broncos are potentially the favorite to land Tony Romo. And I asked the question, and a lot of you can remember, the number of times that Tony Romo has had to drive the 
Dallas Cowboys down the field and score 30 or more points to win a game. Jason Martin, you did research on the Texans and on the Broncos, two teams with pretty good defenses, to find out whether or not they've even lost games when they scored 30 or more. What's the number? What do the numbers look like? For Denver, uh, it hasn't happened in the last three seasons. The biggest of those three years was in 2014. They lost 37-28 to to the Cincinnati Bengals when the Bengals were 11-4. and for Houston, this year, they didn't even score 30, like not one time. So that's they a, certainly that's could a, use a, 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 By the way, apologies to everybody listening in, in Houston to remind you that your team didn't score 30 all year. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's pathetic. And then they were 3-0 both in 2015 and 2014 when scoring 30 or more. Their biggest loss was a 28-point defeat to the Indianapolis Colts back in 2014 as well. I would suggest it's probably pretty high across the league. If you score 30, you're probably winning a lot of games. But those two defenses in particular – obviously pretty stellar and you can't find the example of when they've lost when they've scored 30 points yeah and that would be the question I bet we could find several examples for the Cowboys of when they've lost and scored 30 or more points it seems like it's happened a decent number of times for them I, I, that defense has just been bad for several years with the Cowboys and so uh, it, it's worth contemplating exactly what's going to happen there want to go to Robert Robert the podcast numbers have been extraordinary uh, yesterday if you were listening to the show uh, Monday we for the first time debuted the fact that you could download the Outkick podcast. And right now, as I look, I'm going to pull it up right now. They rank these things consistently. We're the number three podcast in America. We've had tens of thousands of downloads. In fact, I have an afternoon show podcast, and that is number 12 in the country right now for all sports shows. So you guys have answered the call in a big way. I'm going to encourage you to continue to go sign up today. I think if you guys go sign up right now, if we talk about it throughout this show, I think there's a good chance that we hit number one overall in all of sports today for the new Outkick the Coverage podcast. Again, if you happen to be driving around in your car, you're not able to listen to the show. This has been something that a lot of you have been asking for for a long time. All Fox Sports Radio shows now on iTunes. All you got to do is go search Outkick or go search my name or just go look at the top sports podcast and you can click on Outkick, which is now the number three podcast in all of sports, and right now the 42nd most popular podcast in the entire world. So you guys have uh, have been downloading these in a huge number. What kind of data do you have on this podcast stuff, Robert? I got two fun facts for you this morning, Clay. Number one, we are now getting downloaded in Mexico. Huge with the Mexicans. That's Absolutely. not a surprise. Absolutely. Yes. Number two, and this is something that I need to confirm with our digital team, is I've been told that these metrics are uh, Pacific time zone because it was set up in Los Angeles here. And if that's the case, then we've gotten over almost 5,000 downloads just in the last three hours. And that's not from today's show. That's from yesterday and the day before. Yeah, so that's fantastic. So a lot of people catching up. And and look, I I appreciate all of your support. I said this a while back. I said this yesterday on my afternoon show. You can watch it on Facebook and Periscope. Uh, As we've been feuding with ESPN and everything else, the growth of OutKick has been almost entirely organic. You guys liking what we're doing and sharing it with your friends and family and saying, hey, I like this guy, Clay Travis. You should go look it out. They're not putting ads up for my show during the Super Bowl. They're not putting ads up for this show during the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. They're not buying billboards in Times Square. They've done an incredible job of promoting this show based off of what you guys do. And so if you guys can drive us number one, that would be great. It sends an important message, I think, about 
our message in life, which is don't be a pussy willow, right? I got to add the willow to the end. There's a lot of demand for it out there, and I appreciate all that you guys are doing to make that story that we're telling, the fun that we're having, get out there to the nation at large. Because, again, this is a bottom-up growth business. It's not a top-down one. There's not billboards in Times Square for OutKick. I'm not larger than life in Times Square or larger than life on your television screen during a major sporting event that 30 million, 40 million, 100 million people are watching. Worth keeping in mind. 877-996-6369 as we debate the future and fate of Tony Romo. Tomorrow at 4 Eastern is the NFL free agency. And by the way, how amazing is it that the NFL can just step right in and Bigfoot all of college basketball? Do you remember when college basketball actually mattered? I do. I grew up a pretty big college basketball fan, but now it's as if the NFL just says, hey, college basketball, you don't exist anymore. This week is conference basketball tournaments. Now, I tend to think this is a cheap trick to try to get people to pay attention. Oh, you got to watch this title game. We're going to decide who goes to the NCAA tournament. Why did you play the whole season? I'm anti-conference tournaments and anti-these small conferences giving their bid to a school that happens to get hot and win four games as opposed to a team that played consistently throughout the regular season and won 14 games. I don't think it makes sense. I think it's kind of brutal. Oh, that team won 27 games all year, but they happen to get beat on the last second shot. Now, it's great television, but it's really brutal to lose your conference title because you lose a conference tournament because basically what it says is the entire regular season didn't matter at all. It's entirely a construct for TV to make people care. And so I think it's artificial, but... In the middle of conference title game season, conference tournament at its absolute apex, tomorrow at 4 Eastern, the NFL is kicking the crap out of every other sport and nobody will care. On Friday, we were talking about this. I was talking about this with Jason Martin. On Friday, I said, let's go ahead and clear the decks for this show. I said, we've got usual guests. We're not going to have them on. Because inevitably, there's going to be some big free agent signings, some big trades, major moves in the NFL, and that's all anybody's going to want to talk about. 100%. And you know what? We're right. I think Doug Gottlieb's going to join us here in hour one. I just texted him. We'll see whether or not he's up, whether or not he gives us a call. Uh, Let's go to JB in Virginia. Is he still there, Jason Martin? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, what you got for me? Where, Where should Romo go? I am a huge Cowboys fan, okay? And all the years that he's spent there, I don't see why they don't open the competition in Dallas and let him compete for the starting job. Uh, that that think- is, yeah, you know, there's. I understand. Yesterday we talked to Casey Smith, and she said, I don't want Romo to go anywhere because I'm concerned a lot of times, thanks for the call, JB, a lot of times there's a drop-off in year one to year two. All these NFL defensive coordinators sit around and they spend a lot of time trying to figure out what exactly is your weakness, and then they exploit it from year one to year two. What if Dak comes back next year and is just okay? Or, worst of all, what if Dak has happened to him, what happened to Romo, and he gets injured in the preseason? Then you're kind of screwed. And tradition is, in the NFL, your starting quarterback's probably not going to play every game. There's some guys that do. 
But by and large, there's an awful lot of injuries. Let's find out what's trending now. We'll talk to Doug Gottlieb on the flip side. We'll talk a little bit of college basketball and uh, figure out who we should be paying attention to as we come down the stretch here. Brackets come out on Sunday. I'm Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkeep the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And uh, let's go ahead and say that it's important to get these two ads knocked out of the way. And we are introducing new Duralast GT brake pads. Proven tough from links to the, from the tracks to the streets because when you need to go fast, sometimes you need to stop even faster. Get in the zone, auto zone. I believe we're going to be joined here by Doug Gottlieb momentarily. In the meantime, and uh, he's going to, we're going to call him back in a couple of secs here. Uh, there are a couple of bets that I made. I said that NFL comes in and Bigfoot's the conference basketball tournaments, but I like to look at the overall odds to win conference tournaments and maybe put a little bit of money on underdogs. And you can say I'm biased, these are my two alma maters, but I actually happen to think they're both playing pretty well, and they're 20 to 1 odds, and it gives you a little bit of an interest. One is the SEC basketball tournament. Look, Kentucky is going to be the bat- massive favorite. Florida is the number two. There are not that many good SEC basketball teams, but it's taking place in Nashville. The Vanderbilt Commodores down the stretch have been really good. They almost went on the road and beat Kentucky at Rupp. They got up, I believe, like 19 points in that game and lost a a pretty tight one down the stretch. They just beat the Florida Gators, who are the second-best team, and they're 20-1 to to win the SEC basketball tournament. So at 20-1, to I took a little bit of flyer on them, and then the other one is George Washington. And they're in the A-10, and a lot of you probably don't even know A-10 basketball. But if you look at A-10 basketball right now, GW has been on a little bit of a run. I think they've won six out of seven, and they're also 20-1. to and so if you can get a 20-to-1 flyer, there's a couple of teams, if you're just looking to have interest in the, in the conference basketball tournaments, give you a little bit of a payday, 20-to-1. Doug Gottlieb, we bring him in now. Doug, do you like the idea that a team can be 14-4 and four or whatever over the course of the regular season, lose on a three in the semifinals or the conference title game in these small conferences and not get to go to the NCAA tournament? I just think it's crap. It makes me not enjoy these tournaments as much as I should. I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I used to, and maybe it was back when I was working at ESPN, maybe I had a different view because they had all the games. I think we're a little bit, here's what I think happened. You know, we're, we're slow to adjust and to evolve, right? And so the reason that all these conferences have the conference tournament is not because they like it. It's because, one, it makes them some money, and two, it gets them on TV, right? The, the whole deal is, hey, we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll put one or two of your games on TV on one of the ESPN family of networks per year. And then in, in turn, we're going to put your championship game on, on that same big network or on ESPN two. And then maybe your semifinals, you know, we'll bury it on one of our other networks and nobody cares about, right? Well, the thing is when those deals were consummated, being on national TV was a really, really big thing. And it's still, for some of these leagues, it still is like, hey, you know, you fall in love with a kid or player or a story or whatever. But there's there's so many more networks now. There's so much more ball on TV that that even that doesn't have that doesn't have enough value to which if I'm a conference, a team like like Vermont and the American East, they're undefeated. They didn't lose a game. 
it's a true it's a double round robin. So you play everybody twice, and if they lose in the conference ch- tournament championship, like they don't go to the NCAA tournament, like that's the dumbest thing ever. I mean, what is the point of the regular season? What's the point of the conference season? So what they should do, Clay? Here's here's my I have a couple different proposals, and you tell me which makes sense because you kind of are the arbiter of common sense. That's that's kind of you <laughs> that's know, the only thing I have uh, going for me. Yes. Well, you got a couple other things going for you, but we can't talk about those things on radio. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, it was late one night in college. I just heard about a rumor. Anyway, so so the the, the two proposals I would have for for these for these itty bitty conferences, they should negotiate a deal to which one they play a, a double round robin in their conference, and so whoever wins that whoever wins the regular season automatically goes to the NCAA tournament. And if they want to have a tournament, the champion can go to the NIT. That, that's that's one proposal. The second one is for these major conferences. Especially like the Big Ten. Like the Big Ten never had a conference tournament before, and they don't really love it. It's just kind of what they do because everybody's doing it. Like, ah, all right. It's like it's like when the old guy joined Snapchat. Like, I have no idea how this thing actually works. I'm, you know, it's not really making me any money. It doesn't make any sense. But everybody tells me I have to Snapchat, so I'm Snapchatting, right? So instead, like the conferences are so big, why not just play two more games? Have twenty league games. That way, every one of the conference teams gets another home game. You'll make you'll make your money up, and you don't need any. They don't need publicity. They, they don't need the money. There's not that much money generated from a, a conference tournament. You you generate way more money if you had uh, if you had two more games for every team in your conference. Like that's that to me makes a lot more sense. Here's what I kind of wonder on some level: Why doesn't John Calipari? And this year is a little bit different because John Calipari's team. They need to come out and perform well in the SEC basketball tournament to maybe get that two seed or whatever they're trying to do with Kentucky. But back yeah. in the day when his team was, let's say, they're 34-2 and two and they're clearly a number one seed and it doesn't really matter that much, I question on some level why you just don't start everybody at the end of your bench and lose in the first round and just get your team back and get ready for the tournament. If teams started there, to do I, that. I think, I think there are some teams that, you know, that they don't, you know, Arizona, when they first started the Pac-12 tournament, and Lute Olson was a coach, they weren't that into it. They'd lose. It wouldn't be that. There's, there are coaches. Uh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you know this stat. No team has ever won the NCAA tournament that's lost their first conference tournament game. Oh, that's a great stat. That's a great stat. I, and I believe it's still true. It was, it was still true five years ago. I, I believe it's still true. I, I have to, you know. Um, if it's not, just say uh, Gottlieb got it from someone. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, why would you not do that? You know, because at the end of the day, like, what does it hurt you to go play a ball game, right? Like, I mean, like, SEC, they're in your town. They're in Nash Vegas, right? So, like, I don't know. It's it's like um, it's like what Jimbo your Fisher fans, said about Your Dallas fans Cook, would get right? mad at you because Kentucky fans all come in, right, and they fill up the arena. But right. it just I, I don't know whether you have, your legs are better the next week if you don't play three games in, you know, three days or whatever it is. Does it make more sense? I'm not sure about that. Now, yeah. For, yeah, for the, a little bit. For the vast majority of people out there listening to us yeah. right now, they have not paid very much attention to college basketball this season. If, yeah. Give us uh, a one-minute overview right now of the teams that you think can win the tournament. Like, what okay. teams should we be aware of? What are the four or five teams? It's wide open this year if you look at the odds makers. There doesn't seem yeah. to be a prohibitive favorite. Give us an, uh, you know, like a, a, a cheat sheet to the NCAA tournament. Okay, for the most part, if you – if you're a blue blood program, you're pretty good, right? Carolina, Duke, Indiana tanked, but UCLA, uh, Kentucky's fine, you know? 
Um, you know, even Louisville was kind of a, you know, kind of a blue blood or whatever, like most of the traditionals. And then, and then Villanova is still pretty good. Uh, they've been a little bit, they got a couple little injuries, but they're, they should, they're healthier now. Um, so th- those are kind of the usual suspects. The top of the ACC is really good. Uh, the top of the Pac-12, Arizona, UCLA, Oregon is also very good. And then um, uh, the top of the Big 12 is, is pretty good. Uh, and the Big Ten stinks. The SEC outside of Kentucky and Florida, but Florida lost their center. So it's it's kind of you just kind of take the top two or three off of most of the, the conferences, aside from probably the SEC and the Big Ten, and you throw in Villanova, and there's where your champion's going to come from. No, that's uh, that's good to know. What about Gonzaga? Can they do it? Yeah, I mean Gonzaga, you know, they're good. They're fine. They they can really score. They got a bunch of different weapons. They have an older team. Like part of what's changing college basketball it used to be about how many pros you have, right? Like you can go back and track national champions and nobody won a national championship championship without having two first round picks, two guys that, that were starters in the NBA, like go back and track it. And like Arkansas and Scotty Thurman hit a shot is like the only one until like last year, really that didn't have an NBA play. I mean, I know Daniel Ochefu's on the, on the wizards, but you know, not drafted. So what's changed now is you have to have older players because in you know, the big name schools, like they have the, the Kentuckys, they have the one and duns. So uh, Gonzaga has a really, really old team. You know, they have a fifth year starter at center. They have a transfer, Nigel Williams Goss, who's a, so a fourth year junior at Point. Another transfer in Jordan Matt. They have a couple other transfers. Jordan Matthews from Cal is a transfer as a senior. So what they have is they have skill and they have age. And what they lack a little bit is they, they don't have a ton of juice. You know, it's not a super athletic team. So like you catch a heater, they they can't really – it's not like they can stop you. They're going to have to outscore you and kind of outsmart you defensively. They're not terrible defensively, right? It's not like you and me trying to guard an NBA player, but that's just not their strength. Outstanding stuff as always, Doug. We're going to have you next week once the brackets come on, and uh, you can break it down for us. Look forward to it, my man. All right, homie. Enjoy Nash Vegas. See you. <laughs> Will do. That's Doug Gottlieb. You can follow him at Gottlieb Show on Twitter. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Go download the podcast just so you can make at swan underscore golf mad. There's no better radio than listening to Clay Travis brag about himself. His run on the radio will be short. It was cute at first. I can do radio for the rest of my life at swan underscore golf. Been doing it for a while now. Pretty good at it. Go download the podcast if you doubt that. Number three in the nation. Kind of a big deal. Number 12 overall in the nation. Drive us to number one this morning. Robert got a couple of interesting stats out there. We're blowing up internationally. Top five markets. If you're out there listening right now, Nashville, Houston, New York City, Atlanta, and L.A. Has that changed, Robert? Still the same top five cities? Same top five, but we do have Knoxville closing fast for number five. (laughs) Really? Knoxville going to knock L.A. out of it? Interesting. Uh, Lots of you out there. I appreciate it. Go download. Rep your city and also rep your country. Any interesting international downloads? You said Mexico. Where are we internationally? Can you see where we're ranking? Yeah. um, Once again, our brothers from the north in Canada are really holding it down. Um, U.K. in second. But like I said, the big big deal here is Mexico rising up the charts. They knocked Guam out of the top five. <laughs> Mexico taking it to Guam. I knew we were huge. I knew we were totally huge uh, in uh, in in Mexico. I'm glad to see the Mexicans stepping up. 
I'm going to have to talk soccer more now, make all the Mexicans happy. I know we're huge in New Zealand and Australia. we got people down there who want to carry the show live. It's a, uh, Those of you listening in New Zealand and Australia, it's already the other day there, so uh, or it's already night there, I guess. Uh, all right, play of the day. Question for you guys. Dirk Nowitzki, greatest white basketball player of all time now? I don't know. It's time for the play of the day. Let's run into this. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe, maybe an argument that he has surpassed Larry Bird as the greatest white basketball player of all time. But if you needed any more evidence of it, here it is. Right wing to Dirk against Nance. Isolation, right baseline, jab step, up fake. There it is. The greatest international scorer in the history of basketball has become the sixth to score 30,000 points in his career. That call, courtesy of the Mavericks Radio Network, Dirk Nowitzki now the sixth player in NBA history to hit 30,000 points. Here's what he had to say after the game about his insane achievement. You know, sort of surreal. 30,000 is uh, amazing. A lot of points. Um, every milestone makes you reflect a little bit, reflect on, uh, you know, people who helped you, who's been, been with you all this way. And, went with me through thick and thin so uh, it's been an amazing ride and um, hopefully uh, a couple more baskets are coming and then uh, it's time to ride off in the sunset. This is such a unique milestone. How long do you celebrate this? I just had a Bud Light uh, for the the first time in a a long time Uh, but you know not really not much you know uh, tomorrow uh, is, is obviously a day off and then Thursday is back to work. That's your play of the day presented by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The run Dirk and the uh, the Dallas Mavericks had the first year that LeBron and his team were in Miami when they won that series 4-2 to was really an exciting playoff run. That's about as hot as anybody has ever gotten in the modern era Dirk Nowitzki, I remember, scored 50 points, I think, on like 14 shots. It, it was an incredible stat line in one of those final games or one of the maybe the Western Conference Finals. I can't remember exactly. A lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch Dirk Nowitzki. But let's go around the horn. Is he the greatest white basketball player of all time? I'm arguing yes. I think if you consider his longevity, I know how good Larry Bird was. I know he's an iconic legend. Dirk is one of only six players to ever score 30,000 points. And if you look at all the things that Dirk Nowitzki can do at his size, I think he's the greatest white basketball player of all time. Jason Martin. I'm still going with Larry Bird. I mean, I grew up watching Bird. But Bird, in terms of what he was able to do as an assist man, one of the best passers in the history of the league, I think it's really close. I, I would give Dirk number two. Most impressive thing he did, and Larry Bird never did this, and most of the great players in the history of the league have never done this, is he was able to win a ring without a significant other. When Bird won, he had Parrish, he had McHale, he had Dennis Johnson, he had all those guys. Even Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen and some of those guys. LeBron James, to get there, he was either Kyrie Irving or it was Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Dirk Nowitzki was the guy. He basically he outwilled the Oklahoma City Thunder to get to that finals, and then past that, he was able to, to somehow get past the first year of the Big Three in Miami. That is incredibly impressive. And they came back from, I think, a 2-1 deficit in that series, didn't they? Weren't they down and then won three straight to win that yes. series? I think that's correct. 
And you're right. Who was the best player on that Dirk Nowitzki Dallas Mavericks championship team? Second best. Was it Jason Terry? I, I, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look statistically to try to keep in mind who the second best player was on that team. You're right. He willed it. Danny G. Robert, you got Dirk or you got the uh, or, or have you got Larry Bird as the greatest white player of all time? Hmm. I'm going to go outside the box a little bit. Former Laker Mark Madsen. Yeah. He was the best <laughs> dancer, right. too. No. All right, Dan. I, I definitely Larry Bird. I, I mean, I was a little, little kid when he was still in the league, but out of this world talent from just amazing. I, I, I don't know how Dirk could really be right next to Larry Bird. You know what, Clay? Put that up as a poll question. I'm actually, uh, I'm coming around to your side a little bit. I think that similar to what Jason said, the fact that Dirk did all of this without, you know, a big significant second part is a big deal. But we also got to tell Dirk he needs to upgrade his drink palette. You know, Bud Light (laughs) is not going to cut it. Thanks. We just had Bud Light about to spend a billion dollars on the show, and you just killed it. Uh, eight, I'm kidding, although they should. We do definitely need a beer for the show. 877-996-6369. Give us a call. 877-996-6369. Is Dirk the greatest white player of all time? I'm the greatest white radio guy of all time here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Revolt on the internet after I asked the question, is Dirk Nowitzki or Larry Bird the greatest white basketball player of all time? Votes pouring in anger at the very question that Larry Bird could be challenged in any way. 84% of you voting for Larry Bird. Dallas, wake up, dive in. 100%. And let your voice be be heard. 16% of the vote for Dirk Nowitzki, 84% for Larry Bird. Here is an interesting point you brought up, Jason Martin, about the roster that won that Dallas Mavericks team, the, uh, the, the NBA championship. The starters on that team. Tyson Chandler... Good NBA career, very good defensive player, long career, not a great NBA player. Dirk, obviously, first ballot NBA Hall of Famer, sixth most points scored in the history of the NBA. Sean Marion, a very good NBA player, maybe just good NBA player, but a guy who by that point in time was on the back nine, maybe the back three or four holes of his NBA career. Deshaun Stevenson, totally mercurial shooting guard you had no idea what you were going to get from him one moment to the next and then Jason Kidd who was 37 or 38 or 39 years old at point guard that's not a very good starting five how many would that starting five win in this year's NBA they're not as good as Houston they're certainly not as good as the Spurs they're not as good as by far of course the Golden State Warriors is that a 50 win team Maybe win 50. I think that's the good barometer. I think that's where Dirk Nowitzki's real value lies. And he was able to win around 50 consistently year after year after year. And you name those guys. The first guy I thought of when you said who else was on that team other than Jason Terry was J.J. Barea that came off the bench and provided spark for the Mavs at that point in time. But you look at that roster. There's no all-time top 100 player on that starting five, other than Dirk Nowitzki, who's now in the top 50, I would suggest maybe even in the top 35 or 40, if you really want to split hairs down to it. That is just, it's really, really impressive. I still went with Larry Bird, and I'm not sure it's all that close because of everything that Larry Bird was able to do. But Dirk Nowitzki, I don't think that 
I don't think people appreciate just how great he was, especially as an offensive player. What he was able to do at the free throw line the year they won the championship, you mentioned the 50 points on 14 shots. It's because he went to the line every single time because you couldn't not foul him because he found a way to create contact even on fallaways unlike anything I've ever seen. You can't defend him. And here's the bench on that team. Brendan Haywood, nothing. Peja Stojakovic at the very end of his career. Obviously, Peja had some good years with the Sacramento uh, Kings, but he was done there. Corey Brewer, decent defensor, defensive player, had a long career, but there's nobody out there who's saying, oh, Corey Brewer's a difference maker. Jason Terry, the best guy, I think, off the bench, because Jason Terry's been good for a long time in the league. And then J.J. Berea. So, I mean, that is a team. You look at that roster and you say, wow, that's basically Dirk Nowitzki getting hot and willing that team to a championship. I mean, that's extraordinary. And then to do it over the Miami Heat in the big three, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Now, they didn't have Ray Allen yet on that team. Did Ray Allen join him the next year? I think he did when he obviously spurned the Boston Celtics and went down to Miami and they won a couple of championships with him. I don't believe he was on that team in the first year when the Miami Heat lost 4-2 in the finals. Uh, Load up the phone lines. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz about the NFL free agency here. He joins us every single Wednesday in hour two. We'll have him here in a little bit. Let's go to Jesse in Washington, D.C. Jesse, what's up, my man? How's it going, Clay? Uh, First off, congratulations on the uh, dominant rise. uh, It's definitely been uh, interesting to watch how quick you climb and how the mighty have fallen with the – ESPN crew. Um, just two quick things. One guy you forgot about, Dallas's bench in that finals. You got to remember Big Brian Cardinal, the custodian. But um, <laughs> yes. second, if, if you remember game two, down 15 with, I believe, five minutes left, Dirk and, and uh, Jay Terry just went off. And then also when uh, it was 1 1, you got to remember Rick Carlisle put JJ Barea as the starting two guard. So in game three, you had. J.J. Brea going against Dwayne Wade, um, which really sort of spurred that um, um, three-game three one streak to, to game six. But one one little note I have is, like, you got to remember, Cuban let Nash walk, and that was, like, a big turning point for Dirk's career with that franchise because that's, that was the moment, I believe, in, like, 03, he had to put everything on his back because the next year Michael Finley left to go to the Spurs to get a couple rings. Thanks for uh, taking the call, Clay. Yeah, appreciate the call. Is it crazy to even compare? See, is there any dispute? We'll go around the horn. Is there anybody out there who will dispute that Dirk Nowitzki and Larry Bird are the two greatest white basketball players of all time? Is there anybody else in the running? Anybody else who's being disrespected by maybe Pistol Pete? He didn't have a long career. Uh, Rick Barry, like old school guys that I never saw play old live. Celtics. Old Celtics are ones you would think about, like John Havlicek and Bob Cousy. And some of those kind of guys. All due respect to those guys. If you put them in today's NBA, they would not, I mean, they would get embarrassed. Yeah, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that you're wrong about that. I'm just saying we can't put them in the current NBA, so we have to base on what they were able to do, and they were incredibly successful and all won multiple championships. Tony in Tennessee actually agrees with you on line three about Pistol Pete being somebody in the discussion. He thinks Pistol Pete is the best of the three, as a matter of fact. Let's go to Tony. I mean, I think you could make that argument, but Pistol Pete is almost, he's an icon kind of streaking across the night sky, a meteor. 
because most people didn't see him. He didn't have he had that star-crossed career in the NBA. For people who watched him play in college at LSU, they will tell you they've never seen anything like him. And obviously, he was playing in an era before the three-pointer even existed. Uh, what's up, Tony? Did you ever watch Pistol Pete play? What happened there? Did we lose him? Well, he's back. His 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 uh, radio was turned up and it was bothering me. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. Tony. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, uh, I went to see Pistol Pete as a freshman, and uh, he probably got 40 or so. I don't remember exactly. Went home, tore all the elastic out of my white socks. My mom was not happy about it. I learned how to shoot left-handed hooks, underhanded. Uh, already had a beetle haircut. Pistol Pete was uh, song the next three years at Stokely Athletic Center. Uh, nothing like him. He changed the basketball game. In my mind, and I take nothing away from Dirk or uh, Larry, Larry Bird. Bird, but doggone Pistol Pete, i got three pictures hanging in my kitchen wall right now. You know, so Pistol Pete is the man. Outstanding. Appreciate the call. I, it's a shame, right? I mean, Pistol Pete is actually made for today's era. When everything is uh, is grabbed on Twitter, when everything is shared on Facebook, when you're looking at highlights – you go back in time and look, and I did this uh, several years ago. I think we had Dan Issel on the show a while back, and I asked him about playing with Pistol Pete, and he said he's never seen anything like it, and that if Pistol Pete were playing today, he would still be doing things that nobody can do with the basketball today, and it would be pretty incredible to uh, to be able to, to watch Clay, and what, see exactly what he could do. What about the logo, Jerry West? Shouldn't he yeah, be in again, the conversation? I, I, you probably have to be in the in the conversation if you're the logo, but I just don't think those dudes. And again, it's tough to judge based on your era. But look, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is playing against whether you like today's NBA, whether you like basketball or not. He's playing against the best players in the world, right? The basketball has become a global game, and so for Dirk Nowitzki, who's from Germany, obviously, to perform as he has when going up against the best in the world. When the Jerry Wests of the world were playing, the rest of the world wasn't playing basketball, right? I mean, the number one sport in the world right now is soccer. Nobody would dispute that. Number two is basketball. There are kids all over China right now as we speak, although I have no idea what time it is in China. Let's pretend that I'm accurate. Right now, getting up shots on the rim. There are guys working on their dribbling all over the place in Brazil, in Argentina. You look at where guys are coming to play in the league now. All over Europe, I'm at least aware of what time it is over there. Right now, there are kids in recess putting up shots on the rim or playing on their high school teams, everything else. You have to be so good now. I think the most difficult sport in America to play pro is the NBA, and I don't think there's a close second. I think the best athletes in the world are in the NBA, and it's global in a way. Look, you can be a great Football player. And football, I think, is always going to be America's pastime, with all due respect to baseball. But you can be a football player and not be a freakish athlete. There are 53 roster spots or whatever there is, 32 teams, tons of college football teams. There's a lot of fat dudes. And we're going to talk to one in a minute, Jeff Schwartz, who played uh, offensive uh, football on the offensive line, that are athletic, but they're not like freakish athletes. Their combination of size and speed is rare. The NBA, in order to make a roster, you know how hard it is? Think about, think about the NBA draft every year. 
You watch the NBA draft, and half the guys getting drafted now are foreign in the first round. And here's what's crazy. Only 30 players every year even get guaranteed contracts in the NBA. Every year we have the NBA draft, and only 30 guys in the entire world are able to know after the draft, I've got a job. Think about that. Top five round draft picks in the NFL pretty much make rosters. That's 160 dudes every year that you know are going to play in the NFL, at least. And then there'll be free agents, sixth round picks, seventh round picks, all those things. The only guys that are guaranteed contracts in the entirety of basketball, 30 dudes. And every year now, about 15 of those guys are foreign. So every year, only 15 American-born players make the NBA. And then if you want to go even a step further on that, how crazy it is, almost all of those guys are six, seven or bigger. Think about your own life right now. If you're walking around at the grocery store and you see a six foot seven dude, you're like, wow, that guy's huge. You just don't even see six foot seven dudes that often. It's almost impossible. I've said this before, it gets people upset. 99.99% of you at birth have no chance of playing in the NBA. If you're not going to be 6'7 or taller, you virtually have no chance of playing in the NBA. And that's 99.9% of us ain't getting that tall. And then think about the tall people you know. How many of them are actually athletic? It's rare, right? Most tall people you know are incredibly slow and awkward, not able to run that well. Think about your high school. Guy who was 6'5". He probably wasn't that athletic. So you're not only talking about a freakish level of height. Great stat for you that I, that used to be true. I think it still is. In America, if you are 6'2 or taller, you are taller than 98% of all men in the country. 6'2 or taller. And we're talking about you have to be 6'7 to play in the NBA pretty much. And even that's probably not tall enough. And then you toss in the fact that Dirk is 7 feet tall that he can do everything on the basketball court and that nobody can defend him. I think there's an argument that Dirk is the greatest basketball player of all time. I would like to see what Larry Bird could do in a modern era. But I think there's certainly an argument for Dirk. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz. We'll ask him this question, and uh, we will continue to take your calls after we talk to my guy, Jeff Schwartz. Do I need to do an ad here? I think I need to do an ad here. Hold on. Give me a pause. I'm the best man in the radio business, but even the best man in the radio business isn't always on top of his ads. Did I do it? True Car. Yeah, let me go ahead and knock this out. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is a confident radio show. Come hang with us. Jeff Schwartz up next on Fox Sports Radio. I think there's an argument that Dirk is the greatest basketball player of all time. Did you cut a word out there, or did I just misspeak? No, you missed it. I caught it and told him to pull it, because you take that out of context. It's absolute hilarity. I'm talking about the greatest white basketball player of all time. No, I don't think you were. You think Dirk up there with MJ? I I do. I think on your list. You being racist and all, it makes total sense. Racist. Uh, Let's see. Um, On the racism scale here, is Larry Bird or Dirk Nowitzki the greatest white basketball player of all time? Approaching a thousand votes, eighty-four percent of you saying Larry Bird. 
Got to give some respect. Put some respect on his name. Guy who's never got any respect on his name. He's uh, Jeff Schwartz. He's with us every single Wednesday. He joins us now. Jeff, what's up, my man? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are excellent. What do you think? Uh, who are the greatest white basketball players of all time? I voted. It's Larry, it's Larry Bird one. You go jerk two. That's fine with me. But it's Larry Bird um, at a time um, when the, like, the game needed him with not just Johnson, the rivalry and everything. Um, it was Larry Bird. I don't Can know you if dunk? will match that. Can you dunk a basketball? Probably not anymore. I used to be able to. I've had a lot of ankle surgeries. I don't think yeah. it's possible. But you were six seven. That's the reason I was asking. Like you're a big guy. So people I was talking earlier about did you think at any point that you were gonna be an NBA player when you were a kid growing up because you're a lot bigger than everybody else? Never, because I realized early on well, I played a lot of basketball and I was never terribly good, but six seven is a is a two guard in the NBA. Yes. But that's and I'm not quick enough to be a two guard. So I realized early on that I never had a chance to play basketball. I love playing and I started playing this week actually uh, again on the weekend. So, um, but I never thought I'd play the NBA. Never, ever. I thought I played baseball my whole career, my whole life. Who is the greatest Jewish basketball player of all time? I bet you know this. <laughs> so I don't know his name. I can look him up, but there's an, there's an Israeli who they called like the, the Hebrew Michael Jordan, and I don't think he ever made it in the, in the Tamir, NBA. I, don't know, what I know who he is. Tamir Goodman. He was on the cover of, uh, on the cover of uh, SI back yeah, in the he day. Never he made was, it, right? He was from outside of D.C., and I remember this because he was a player during – no, he never made it. I, I think he went to like – he committed to, uh, to Maryland when Gary Williams was the coach there, and it okay. was a huge story, and I believe he was on the cover of SI, or at least they had a huge story in SI about him. And I, we were in college uh, around the same time, and I went to GW, George Washington. For people who don't know in the D.C. area, it's a huge Jewish school. I mean, it's probably like half Jews. And my one of my roommates was Jewish, and uh, his name was Cliff. And I remember, I just remember this vividly. Uh, coming back uh, from uh, from the gym one day, I walk in, and he just slams down the magazine on the table, and he's like, "Guess what's up." The Jews got a Jordan now, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, I just, I just remember, I just remember that vividly. Like I was coming back from the gym, I walk into our dorm room, and he just slams down SI on the table and says, "The Jews got a Jordan now, bitch. Uh, what's up?" Uh, That's and, amazing. Uh, but yeah, so it was a ma- it was a major topic at GW's campus because again, half the half the school was Jewish, and this was in the D- GW area. And at the time that Tamir Goodman uh, committed to Maryland. If I remember correctly, that was like right when Gary Williams had everything rolling and that the Terrapins went out in 2001 or thereabouts and won the national title. And so uh, so they were like just thriving at that point in time. And there was a belief. I think he was a sophomore in high school or something. There was the idea that Tamir Goodman was going to be incredible. And then I think he went to – where did he go? J- Jason Martin, look him up. I mean, because Maryland pulled his scholarship offer and the Jewish yes, Jordan went, went downhill in a hurry. And he went to <laughs> Towson University. Towson, yeah, he went to Towson, where he was just an okay player, and I have, no, I, I bet he makes, he could probably play in the, uh, he could probably play in the Israeli basketball league. I would imagine he probably yes. did play pro, but nowhere near the uh, the achievement level of uh, of Michael Jordan. Yeah, six points, four assists, two and a half rebounds per game at Towson. Not exactly Jordan, but he was but, well. Yeah. Well-rounded. All right, so, uh, and this guy was covered in the Washington Post. I mean, he was a media supernova, and then obviously it burned out in a hurry. So we were talking about Dirk versus uh, Dirk versus Larry Bird, but also we started the show with the question that we've been asking for months, 
and it is what's going to happen to Tony Romo. So for Romo, and we're going to ask you about NBA, NFL free agency and what your experience was and everything else, but for Romo, if you were advising him, let's pretend you were an agent, Jeff. We said we basically boiled down his options to Texans and or the Denver Broncos. Is there one out there that you think makes more sense than either of those two teams? What would you tell him? If I was an agent, I would tell him to go to the Texans. A couple of reasons. One, he gets to stay in his home state, uh, close to Dallas. Two, that division is a lot easier to win than the AFC West. In the, in the, in the South, you have Indy and Jacksonville and, and your Titans. Um, the defense is younger in Houston, and um, you get to play inside. You get to play in warm weather. I think all the factors line up to going to Houston. Now, I saw some obscure report that he might be in Denver last night. Um, I don't think he's going to take many visits. I mean, when the Cowboys, if they choose to release him, um, I think they're still going to try to trade him because you want to try to get value as much as possible. But if I were him, I'd go play in Houston. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's also dive into this NFL free agency thing. And I want to start with this guy, and then we're going to take we'll t- go to trending, and then you can come back with us on the flip side and tell, tell us what your experience was like. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. He's an NFL veteran on the offensive line, played at the University of Oregon. Adrian Peterson, there are not very many guys that – especially at the running back position, have a couple of disappointing seasons. And I think certainly he's coming off a really disappointing season with an injury and then come back and play at a high level. Do you think Adrian Peterson has anything left in the tank? You blocked for a lot of different guys on the offensive line. You could probably see when suddenly they lost it. Does Adrian Peterson have enough left in the tank to be a 1,200-yard back in the NFL? I actually blocked for Adrian Peterson the year he was nine yards short of Dickerson's record, so I, I know him pretty well. Um, you know, I don't think he'll ever get back to that level. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries. Running backs, the wear and tear in their bodies is just ridiculous. There's some hits sometimes where they I, I look back and I'm just shocked that the running back can get up. And what's interesting about the Adrian Peterson situation, too, is that you've only heard him say, I want to go to these teams. You haven't heard any reports leaked out of teams wanting Adrian Peterson. Um, I think he's going to be surprised by the lack of interest starting, you know, right now in the tampering period. Uh, but tomorrow at four o'clock, when he, when, he, when he can sign, he's not going to sign tomorrow. Uh, I think he's going to realize it's going to take a couple weeks to find a spot, and maybe even into training camp when someone gets hurt and they want to bring in Adrian. He's very scheme specific. He's got to kind of run a downhill scheme. He's not a zone runner. He needs a fullback. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, where he ends up going. He talked about the Raiders as a backup, I guess. He can go there. That would be a good fit. I think, actually think, I think that he, his best fit, if he were to choose, would be Tennessee, but they have two running backs. They don't need him. If I were starting a game in the NFL, you said you blocked for Adrian Peterson. You know yeah. me. You know my athleticism. Let's say I came out in pads, and I was going to carry the ball in an NFL game. How many carries would I last before I got knocked out of the game? So you would you would break your collarbone very very easily. That's why do what you think? First. Why do you immediately think my collarbone would get broken easily? That's what, see. That's what quarterbacks hurt all the time when they get tackled. Because I'm just you're not, not used bit, to, you're, you're not used not, to getting hit. Yeah. So when so my you collarbone get hit, would get on your shoulder. You're yeah. out. You're done. So how many carries could I make it before my collarbone broke? Oh, if you got hit one time, it'd be the first one. I, I don't know. It depends how clean the hit's going to be. Could I gain um, a yard in an NFL game? If you lined up as a fullback, like two yards behind the quarterback, and we gave you a dive and it was blocked well, sure, you could fall forward a couple yards. But if it was a zone play, you probably didn't know. The backside DN would catch you in a second. 
you would even you would you lose three yards. So if you were scheming plays, the only way I could ever gain a yard would be as a fullback on a quick hitter. Nobody would see me coming. Yes. And what would you advise me on that play? Would you say just get low, like just go low immediately? Because I you don't I would be, the thing I thought you would hit me with is I would definitely have an upright running style, and that means I would just get murdered, right? Because I, I think my ribs might get it before my even my collarbone got it. Well, I had I had a one kick return in the NFL, and it was 16 yards. It's it's very athletic of me. Did you um, feel but, that you caught it in the air, or it bounced? No, it to bounced. You? It bounced right to me. I picked it up. I got a video of it. I can post it after this. And um, I ran 16 yards. I ran super upright. I got tackled by five guys. It was painful. Um, <laughs> so I understand the, fe- the the feeling of running very upright. And, so wait, um, hold on. I want I want to get to this. When you go, when the ball was bouncing, or right, let's go to trending. I want you to take us minutely into your thought process when the ball was coming towards you on the kickoff. We'll talk to Jeff Schwartz about what it's like to be a fat man running on the field in the NFL. That's on the flip side. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. Brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven Auto. The only hard part: figuring out which way is easier. Joined by Jeff Schwartz, he joins us every single Wednesday to talk NFL and more. A couple of things I'm going to hit you with on Twitter. Uh, this is an important uh, addition here. Valpo Tommy says, "Hate to be that have to hate to be that guy, but Amari Stoudemire is the greatest Jewish basketball player of all time." Fact. Didn't Amari convert to Judaism? Schwartz, he was a game uh, of ours. I met him on the sidelines. He played. He quit. He quit or retired from the NBA to play in Israel. He owns a team in Israel. And he plays um, in Israel. And, uh, yeah, he's, I, okay, he's the greatest Jewish basketball player, sure. As a Jewish guy, does that make you feel good that you add, like, Amari Stoudemire? Does it make you feel cooler to add him to the tribe? Of course. So right now, uh, in a bit of Jewish sports news, our uh, team Israel and the World Baseball Classic has won their first two games. It's like a huge deal. We, we You know what's crazy the, about that? Did you hear me reading sports scores yesterday when the guy said I should stick to sports? I actually was reading Israeli basketball team scores. Well, good for you. I'm, I'm well-rounded. My, my, my little league catcher plays on that team, so I follow them. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Weird bit of news, yeah. Uh, Vince Cole hopped on Twitter and said, why is everything about race? Do you have white hoods in your closet? And that's just a ridiculous thing to send to me. I keep my white hoods in the garage. All right, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to uh, Schwartz. Let's go back to your returning the kick. All right. So you were on the field. What team were you playing for at the time? Is this the Chiefs? No, Panthers. All right, you're on the Panthers. You were on the kick return. And is this like? It was, did the kicker miss hit it? Like, why was it coming yeah. in your vicinity? What take us so into the, that that feeling and and describe that situation? Okay. So the best part of this whole thing was it was the first play of the game against Tampa Bay in 2009. Our left tackle had broke his leg the week before, uh, two weeks before that, and he was in the booth, and, his, and he was in the booth. He told me, hey, Schwartz, I want you to give me a suck it symbol during the game at some point. Like, <laughs> I want to see this. All a right, suck so, it symbol? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, uh, like uh, from wrestling. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. okay, yeah, 100%. Like, like, with, with, like with the hands, right? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, like on the on the groin. For people who don't know and aren't yeah. WWE fans, like you're going to do double, like uh, double hand, uh, like uh, to the groin. Uh, to the groin. All right, yeah, okay. So so I get out, so this play, so I do it before this play. Like two, <laughs> like, so, so he, he saw it. He recognized after the game that I did it. All right, so 
it was a mishit. He the, the kicker kicked the ball and it, it bounced like seven yards in front of me and literally hit me in the chest. Like I couldn't move <laughs> anywhere. So I'm like, well, here we go. And I, if you know, you probably know this. I have a three yard carry in college as well. Yes. So yes. I'm I'm prepared for the situation. So I just start running straight ahead. And then I saw some sort of opening to the left, and I just ran to the left. And then I remember there was sunshine, and then there was not anymore. Like, just five guys hit me all at once, and and I didn't realize this. So I I get hit, I get tackled, I run off the field, everyone's celebrating. John Fox yells at me for not carrying the ball with two hands. And then we're just, like, we're just celebrating as offensive linemen, you know, being goofy. And a kid got knocked out. So trying to tackle me. So he got pushed into my hip oh. by like one of our blockers and knocked out. Like he got, he got boarded and like taken on a stretcher. I didn't even realize until after the game what happened. I was like in such a euphoric high of running the football. So how long did it seem from the moment you caught? First of all, amazing that you caught the ball. Like it just hit you right in the chest and you caught it clean. But then how long did it seem that you had the ball? Like as you were running, sixteen yards is a decent amount of of, of of daylight to get, right? I didn't think about. I didn't think about. It. I just thought to myself, like, don't fumble. Like, just keep running until someone hits you. I'd never really been tackled before. I never had an interception in high school or, or you know the college play. I got tackled from behind, so it wasn't that crazy. But I don't remember thinking anything other than just run until someone tackles you. So when you got back the next, when when you watch film on it. Did they like do something special for the film review for the offensive line for your your kick return? Um, I don't remember. I believe we won that game, so we might have not had meetings on Monday. But I don't remember anything special from the um, the meeting room. But I have the film on my phone. I went to NFL Films last year, and I said, "Hey, can you pull up the game for me?" And they did, and I got film on my phone of it. You got to share that. Follow people to check. They can find you. I'll retweet this uh, this video as well at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. So. We're talking about NFL free agency, and you said, I'll, I'll share my story with you. You've been a free agent several times. What is the experience like for a player of that tick down to the 4 o'clock Eastern deadline when suddenly NFL free agency begins? What is that feeling like? How often are you checking your phones? Take us into the mind of what it's like to be an NFL free agent as that deadline approaches. Yeah, so the, the, the top-end guys have this experience. I've had it all. I've been a top-end guy, and I've had where I signed three weeks after free agency started. So oddly enough, uh, today's my wedding anniversary, and the morning of my wedding in 2014 was the morning that the tampering period opened up, which happened yesterday. So we're sitting at my parents' house in, in Los Angeles uh, at 9 a.m. with my agent, my dad, and my brother. We're sitting in the living room. There's actually a party going on like in the other room um, for out-of-town guests, and teams start calling my agent at 9 a.m. Uh, we had eight teams, I believe, call. And so we just made a list of all eight teams. We started talking about pros and cons. But my agent sort of had an idea that the Giants would be in the running. And so the next couple of days, there's not much that happens. Uh, at least I didn't know about it. How exciting is it when your phone rings? Like, are you looking at the area code, excited well, to see who so, it's going to be? So like, that my, has to be pretty awesome, right? They, they call my agent. So I don't know who's calling until he's off the phone. Or he kind of whispers to me like, Hey, this team is calling. Um, oh, it's great. And you know what's and the thing about it, you know, with athletes is like the first thing I thought of was what you know, what what what's a tax bracket? Like if <laughs> like if I'm playing like if I'm playing in Oakland, like like Oakland called, you know, like I'm not, you know, thirteen percent, they better pay me a lot more than they, they're going to. Yes. So like that sort of thing, I think athletes people don't realize like that's what we think about it. And everyone would think about that. So the night of my wedding, after the wedding was over, my agent said, Hey, 
you're good. And then really until the 4 o'clock period on that Tuesday, so that'll be tomorrow at 4 o'clock, not much happened. I think about 2 o'clock on that Thursday, my agent said, hey, have a bag packed, get ready to go somewhere. And then closer to 4 o'clock, he said, hey, uh, you're going to New York to take a visit. Don't let anyone out. You know, don't answer the phone except a New York area code. So right at 4 o'clock, uh, New York's travel guy called me. I had a flight booked. I was in New York by dinner time. And then, but I asked, I asked actually another coach from the team, a head coach, call me at 401, and I actually ignored it. I mean, I was told to, I listened to instructions, and um, I didn't answer the phone. I texted the coach later and said, you know, sorry, this is what happened. I signed with the Giants. So uh, it's pretty fun. You go to New York, you meet, you know, you're a high priority free agent. They take you to a great steakhouse. You meet all the coaches and staff. You do all that, and then you do the physical in the morning. That's the most important part. You do the physical, you sign your contract, and you get on your way. Do you ever get angry at a doctor? like the evidently happened with the combine <laughs> this year with Alabama's player um, linebacker getting kicked out at the combine like was it ever aggressive enough where you're like hey dude chill no no, no. I, the thing people don't realize about the combine I think is that the medical day is it's a long long day I mean you are just doing your medical part for five or six hours you meet with Every doctor of every team, there's six different rooms, so they kind of pair up together. But then when that's over with, you have to go get your MRI. So um, the day can be 10 hours long. And I just think he got exhausted. And then, you know, of course, you know, when, when you get tired, you just try to revert, I don't know, you revert back to some old habits. And, you know, this is not Alabama anymore. And, they, you know, the nurse or whoever it was does not care who he was. And it was unfortunate, but I don't think it will affect his draft status that much. All right, Jeff, I'm going to let you go, but you got to tweet out that video of your return kick, I'll and I will right retweet it. People can go find me at Clay Travis. They'll find you as well, and uh, we will show that moment. Uh, excellent stuff. Enjoy, and thanks for joining us as always. That's Jeff Schwartz. All right. Thank you. I am Clay Travis, and this is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Jeff Schwartz has not yet tweeted us at Leo. Here it is. Here you go, Clay Travis. His 16-yard return, hashtag speed kills. I just retweeted it on uh, to my Twitter account. You can find me at Clay Travis if you want to go see that memorable 16-yard kick return from Jeff Schwartz when he was. And if you don't know who Jeff Schwartz is or haven't seen him before, I mean, first of all, he's on the show every Wednesday, and it's always fun. He's a good dude. And uh, he is six foot seven, about 340 pounds or whatever you want to say. So if you imagine what he would look like receiving a kick, I haven't even watched this yet. I'm going to hit play as soon as we go to break here at the top of the hour and see what this actually looks like. But you can track it down. Go find me on Twitter at Clay Travis if you want to see that kick return that we just talked about. Poll question out there uh, is, uh, is, is Dirk Nowitzki or, or Larry Bird the greatest white basketball player of all time? Jewish white basketball player Doug Gottlieb is losing his mind. He says Jerry West and Bird, different level. And, uh, and uh, he is outraged by the Dirk Nowitzki as the greatest white player argument that I am making. I want you guys to go ahead and, well, we're going to take a little bit of a break, but I want you to load the phone lines up because I want to talk next hour to start hour three. Did you guys see the picture of Russell Wilson and Sierra announcing the birth of their new child? Sierra is pregnant. And if you have not seen this picture, who is the one that got Future, the rapper that she had the first baby with? That's correct. So the baby that she had with Future is naked on her chest. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. You can just see the bottom. 
and then Russell Wilson is behind. You don't even see. <laughs> He's you headless. don't even see Russell Wilson's head. So in theory, it could be anybody. We don't know exactly who uh, the father of this child is. Just we see two hands coming from behind Sierra that are both reaching onto her stomach. And it is maybe the most awkward wedding announcement photo, or or sorry, birth announcement photo that I've ever seen. Now, I I talked about this some yesterday on the Outkick show. And you guys are all single, Danny G, Robert, and and Jason Martin. And you're going to say, oh, I've got a girlfriend, whatever. Well, no, 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 but Robert's married, actually. Oh, Robert got married. Okay. Okay, Robert, you're married. Robert, did you have to get embarrassing engagement photos taken? I actually had to get several embarrassing engagement (laughs) photos taken. Where did you go to get your engagement photos taken? Well, we had our actual engagement that took place uh, in Malibu. So there's pictures of that one. Beautiful place. Um, And then we also had some at a a park in Long Beach. All right. So what did you wear for your engagement photos? Uh, I had a white T-shirt on and jeans. Okay. So normal clothing. What did she wear? She wore like a sundress. Okay. So, and then you had a photographer who undoubtedly you paid way too much money to. And how many photos did you pose for where you thought to yourself, I can't believe that I'm doing this? Um, I knew that I reached uh, peak, you know, unmanliness when they had me taking a barefoot knee on a rock. (laughs) And, And so, you know, I get up and my knees all shredded up and I have rocks digging into my kneecap, right. it was uncomfortable, but the picture looked nice. What a sellout. All right, All right. that's 100% the case. What I want right now, I want men to load up, load up the phone lines and tell us the most embarrassing photo pose that you have ever had to do for either engagement, wedding, baby announcement, family photo, a point where you looked at yourself and just said, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life that I have found myself in this position. At the top of hour three, this is not a single person who's changing the, changing the channel. At the top of hour three, I will go into detail about the most embarrassing family photo or girlfriend, fiance, wedding photo that I've ever appeared in. All right, I will, I will be honest and I will come clean and then we will take your calls, all right? You're gonna have to wait through a break, but there's gonna be a lot of you. This is confession time. This is like, think of me, as your priest, you are walking in. No one is going to judge you, but you can get it off your chest. You can say, I can't believe that I was willing to get this photo taken. If Russell Wilson is listening right now, Russell, you don't even have to admit that it's, your, that it's you, okay? You, don't even, you can make up a name. You can come on with us, and you can tell us about what that experience was like. Cleanse yourself. There are men all over the country listening to us right now fiancés, husbands, dads, you have been in awful, uncomfortable, awkward family photos. And you know why you did it? You did it for the pussy willow. That's why you did it. That's the only reason. You would have never, ever done this but for the girl that you were with and the fact that you knew that by and large she was probably willing to sleep with you after you spent all day getting these awful photos taken. I guarantee you that's what Russell Wilson was thinking. He's thinking, I don't want to get these pictures taken with Sierra. It doesn't matter that he's won a Super Bowl. doesn't matter that he's worth $50 million. doesn't matter that he's got a hot-ass, whatever she is, uh, you know, like singer. Is that the appropriate way to describe her? Hot-ass singer as a wife. He had to humiliate himself just like the rest of us did for those photos. 
877-996-6369. Your confessions. Load up the phone lines. It's a safe place. We're in the trust tree. 877-996-6369. I am the captain of the trust tree. My name is Clay Travis. You are listening to the best show in all of sports talk and beyond here on... Oh, man, I mistimed it again. God, I used to be so good at these timings. You are not the best basketball player, Clay. Fox Sports Radio. Dirk's awesome. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Okay, I think just about all of you have probably seen this picture. If you haven't, I retweeted it yesterday. You can go to my Twitter account, scroll through, at Clay Travis. Russell Wilson married to Sierra, I guess last year. They haven't been married very long. And they had an uh, they had a announcement that she is now pregnant. And, and evidently... If you're a singer and you get pregnant, it's just a massive story. It's funny, when I saw the picture the first time, I thought it was Jay-Z and Beyonce. Because Beyonce came out with her big uh, performance during, what was it, the Grammys, I guess. Where she just sat around and talked about womanhood and like she didn't actually sing. And it was a really strange performance. And and my, I, my wife said, oh, I liked it. And I, I said... I is Beyonce the first person to ever have a child? Because that's that's the way she was acting. Like I get it, you know. It's important to have a kid. But you've already got one kid, and now you've got a couple of other kids. I think she's got twins, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's not as if you are the first person to ever give birth. It's not as if the country has suddenly lost the ability to have children, and Beyonce and Jay-Z's child is like the last child that's going to be born in the world and is going to have to save us all. It's a decent plot for a movie. But it's not real life. All right, so I saw this picture, and I thought, oh, this must be Beyonce and Jay-Z because Beyonce's been way over the top about the fact that she's pregnant. But no, it's Sierra trying to compete with Beyonce and draw more attention to herself. And it's her, uh, like, basically just wearing underwear. I think she's topless. And she is holding Future's baby, which is naked, on her chest. So you can see the baby bottom of the other kid I don't know how old that kid is like a year and a half or something I, I don't know one year or two years old young so young that at some point in time he's going to say to his mom why did you send a picture of me naked out to millions of people to announce that you were having another baby and so then you have like the big pregnant belly of Sierra and then you don't even see Russell Wilson's face and he's not wearing his Super Bowl ring which would have been even better but there's just two hands that could theoretically belong to any light-skinned black man in America reaching around from behind of Sierra to put his hands on top of the belly as well. And what it basically does is prove what I've been saying for a long time, which is once you are a dad, you're basically irrelevant in the family nucleus, right? If you had to decide in a general sense, if you are a dad right now and you live in your house, you are the least useful person in that house. See, I'm not ever sure that I was really that high on the rankings of men that my wife liked or even boys that my wife liked. But then I went and had three sons, and I rank so far down the list of people with penises in this house that my wife cares about. All three boys are a billion percent higher than me, and then I'm like so far down beneath it. And if you are a dad, you understand that to be the case. As soon as you have kids, you are functionally irrelevant. Your parents care about the grandkids. They don't really care about you anymore. The grandkids become the focus. 
you're just kind of an appendage that doesn't really fit. And that's why when I saw this Russell Wilson picture, I thought it was so perfect because Russell Wilson isn't even pictured in the baby announcement. It's Sierra, somebody else's kid, naked on her chest, and then it's some random dude's arms reaching around behind her. And so I actually saw this and thought to myself, what other pictures did they choose not to use? And it also made me strangely like Russell Wilson more because it brings home the truth of the matter, which is it doesn't matter who you are, all dads are pretty much the same, right? All dads get put into ridiculous situations that you would have never, ever agreed to if you were not a dad. In fact, if you were a single guy and you saw yourself doing some of the things that you do once you're a married dad, you would just walk up and slap yourself in the face and be like, wake up, man. This is a bad dream. (laughs) All right? So I'll give you my story. We just heard Robert confessing. Robert's the only other married man. Jason Martin, Danny G, you guys are single. You have no idea. No idea what's in store for you one day when you have to get these engagement photos or these wedding photos or these birth announcement photos or these family photos. So... This year, if you are uh, a a family member that sends out Christmas cards or holiday greeting cards or whatever you want to call them with family photos on them as a large percentage of the people who are listening to this show right now or on the podcast, by the way, hate hate to brag, but we're the number three podcast in all of sports right now. Go download it. Drive us up to number one. Uh, We are the 40th most popular podcast in all the world right now. Go subscribe. I'll kick the coverage. It's on iTunes now. You've all been demanding it. There's my pitch. Okay, go do it. So everybody out there right now has been in a position where you have been sitting around and you can't believe that you're in the photo that you are. So Christmas card's a big deal. My wife doesn't work now, but I guarantee you she works like 468 hours on making sure that our Christmas card list is correct. She is My wife is smarter than I am, but now she pours all of her intelligence into just making sure the Christmas cards are right and just making sure we have the right addresses. I don't know. She guards the Christmas card list like it is the probably more aggressively than Donald Trump guards the nuclear codes, all right? Certainly more aggressively than Donald Trump guards that Android phone that he just tweets from all the time. So she is on top of this. We are out shopping, and I don't even remember where we're out shopping, but it's one of those places like uh, you know a department store. And I don't go shopping very often. In fact, the only place on average that I go shopping is Costco. I buy anything that I want online at Amazon or at Outkick Gear, where you can get all of our DBAP t-shirts and all our Outkick Gear. Great website, outkickgear.com. Don't be a pussy, Willow. And everything else I buy at Costco. I love Costco. I go there. I walk around. I buy everything. It's the only place I shop now. Probably a lot of married dads out there feel the same way. My wife spends all the money. I go on Amazon dot com buy books whatever else i need i don't need that much stuff or i go to costco all my clothes costco all my food costco just an incredible place love it there okay so for some reason i'm out shopping it's getting closer to christmas it's november and i'm with my wife and my six-year-old i think and my six-year-old's one of those kids doesn't matter where he goes he can find toys i mean we could be in the middle of saharan africa just walking around in the desert and there would just be a toy store that would be there. You know, like, can we get water? Are we going to die of star? Are we going to die of thirst? And then my, <laughs> my, my six-year-old would be like, Hey dad, look toy store. I wonder if they have any new star Wars figures. It'd be like, why we're in the Saharan desert. We're about to die of not having any water. And somehow this six-year-old can find a toy store 
and find a way for me to spend money. So he's finding things. We're pulling it off. And the reason why I'm never going to be able to retire is because we've got 4 billion Millennium Falcons in here. Uh, my my two-year-old's obsessed with, uh, with, uh, with Lightning McQueen. We're playing cards with him the other day. He has 17 different versions of Lightning McQueen. It's the same damn car. It's a red car with 95 on the hood. We have 17 different versions of it. That's what Disney's doing to make up for the fact that ESPN's dying as a business. They're just making 4 billion different versions of Lightning McQueen. And so we're sitting there, and my wife says, oh, look at this. This is amazing. This is so great. They have them in sizes for everybody. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this. I haven't even seen it. I'm like, I don't know about this. When I hear sizes for everybody, it's not a good sign. So I come up to, to where she is in the store, and I, maybe it's Steinmart or somewhere. I, can't, I don't know the name of any stores. I think it's like a Steinmart. It's like a department store. And they have all this different stuff, you know, and you buy it. It's evidently how capitalism works. And so I'm standing there, and it is a, it is a Christmas full-body outfit that you sleep in, like old-school pajamas. And this Christmas outfit has got all sorts of ridiculousness on it, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I pulled it up right now. It's got snowflakes on it. It's got reindeers. It's got footy pajamas. It is the most absurd thing you can possibly imagine, all right? And they have it in sizes of kids all the way up to grown-ass men like me. And my wife says, you know what we got to do? And I said, no, I don't like this. I don't like the way this is headed. She said, how much are these? They're like $45 each. I got three boys and a wife. That's 200 grand. I mean, 200 grand. It's over $200 that I'm going to spend on footy pajamas with reindeer and and little snowflakes on it it is and you know it's red and white and it's ultimately Christmas colors right and she says we're going to get our picture taken in this and it's going to be our Christmas card this year I said no I don't like this I said I don't like this idea at all so we're getting them next thing you know I next next thing you know I find myself in my house zipping up a full body Christmas pajama outfit the exact same that my two-year-old's wearing the exact same that my six-year-old's wearing, the exact same that my eight-year-old's wearing, the exact same that my wife's wearing. And then if you've been in this position, you have to all gather. I'm telling you, Russell Wilson and Sierra, I know exactly what Russell Wilson was thinking. I guarantee you a part of Russell Wilson was thinking when they were taking this picture, you know what, babe? I don't really think that you should hold the baby naked and that I should be behind you and all you see is my hands on your stomach. I guarantee you Russell Wilson was thinking that. This is a guy who makes good decisions in the pocket as a quarterback. There's no way he was thinking, maybe I should get on my knees and get behind my wife while she holds a naked baby, and I should just put my hands on her belly, and we should take a picture. I guarantee you no part of Russell Wilson was thinking this is going to be a good idea. There's no part of him at any point that was thinking, I need to be in this photo. You know why he did it? So she'd sleep with him. That's what married men do. You do all sorts of ridiculous stuff so your wives will sleep with you. So Russell Wilson's there on his knees, behind his wife, hands-only picture. It could be anybody. could be any light-skinned black man in America. He's not even in the photo. We don't even see his face. It could lit- Maybe it's not even Russell Wilson. Maybe Russell Wilson's more manly than you and me. Maybe he said, I'm not even doing it, babe, and they just got a stand-in for Russell Wilson, and that's why Russell Wilson's head's not in the picture announcing that he and Sierra are having a baby. Maybe that's what actually happened. I don't know. But next thing you know, we're all on the family bed in my bedroom. You got three kids that you're trying to get to get in a photo. And if you know anything about trying to get kids to get in a photo, they don't want to get their picture taken. No kid has ever said, I can't wait to get my picture taken for the family Christmas photo, ever. 
And my boys are too young to bribe with sex. It doesn't work for them. Their mom snaps her fingers and says, you sit there and smile and look like you're having a good time. And I do it because she's more likely to sleep with me if I don't create a stir. If I just do what she says, all right, exactly. I'm sitting right here. I'm smiling. Every one of the kids is miserable. Every one of the kids. And you know this. If you've ever gotten family photos, eventually your wife is basically just wrangling each of them by the neck, right? She's just literally holding them by the neck like Homer Simpson back in the days of the Simpsons. She's like staring them in the eyes. and She's like, you are going to look like you're loving this photo. And if you don't, I'm going to take away your iPad and you're never, ever going to get to play Minecraft again. She's got them literally by the scruff of their neck, just screaming at them. This is right before the family photo, right before the family photo. This is only going to take two minutes. I don't ever ask you to do anything. All I want is for this family photo to look good for Christmas. I don't care if that sweater that you're putting on, this, this, this pajama pants that dad's got on and I've got on that's making dad look ridiculous. Got a DBAP t-shirt underneath this just to make sure that his, 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 his scrotum isn't descending all the way up into his abdomen. I don't care whether you're happy at all. You're going to smile and you're going to look like you're the happiest person that's ever been born on this planet or you're not getting any Christmas presents. And then the picture gets taken. I'm going to tweet out the picture to you. It was humiliating. There's no way to defend it. The only way I can defend it is by saying this is what dads do. They appear in awkward family photos. It's time for you to be able to get that same story off your chest. Awkward engagement photos. Our phone lines are open. Awkward Mary photos. Our phone lines are open. Awkward Christmas card photos. Our phone lines are open. This is your chance to confess. This is your chance to get back the masculinity that you gave up for that photo. Russell Wilson, you don't have to give your name as Russell from Seattle. We'll let you call in. We'll let you get it off your chest. We've all been there. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. And this, this is the best show anywhere on the radio in America, and probably beyond, at least if you listen to all the people who are downloading the podcast, which, by the way, you should do as well. iTunes, OutKick, I'm Clay Travis. Download it, share it with your friends. This is Fox Sports Radio. I got a bunch of ads to do, evidently. Usually I kind of picture a perfect game when it comes to ads. Today hasn't been perfect. Let's see here. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, got that one. Let's see. What else do I got to do? I got to do True Car. Right? Brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. What have I been doing with my life? I've also got to do an interstate batteries ad. Uh, when you really need to be there, you really need an interstate. The car battery, auto techs prefer. Let one of those techs test your battery today. Find a location near you at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, we have got a bunch of calls rolling in. A lot of people reacting uh, to uh, to the awkward Russell Wilson and Sierra photo as well. And I always think it's funny. Somebody just uh, sent in a message, and then I lose it. The best one on here was uh, <laughs> a guy said um, a guy said he knew it was awkward when they asked him to take his shirt off too for the family announcement about the baby coming. Our maternity photographer asked me to take my shirt off for the photos. It was kind of weird. Matt, been there. I feel you. Robert in San Bernardino. Robert's the guy who did the interview inside of a locker room of a naked man while he was working out. One of the best interviews and calls we've had on the show so far. Uh, Robert, what's up? Clay, how you doing, brother? I'm excellent. How's life? Uh, well, life life is pretty good until you bring up uh, awkward photos. So, 
I always tell my wife how hot I think her mother is, you know, one, because I'm like, oh, you're going to look like your mother just to make her feel good and, and, and just to make her feel good. Anyway, anyway, we take this family photo and the idiot photographer says one, two, and they snapped. And I'm thinking they're going to go to three. But no, just as they're counting one, two, I'm checking out my mother-in-law's rack because she's like <laughs> off in front of me to the left-hand side. And clear as day, you know exactly what I'm looking at. And, of course, that's the picture that comes through. And I'm at my mother-in-law's house with my wife, and everybody's <laughs> looking at this picture. And then all I hear is my father-in-law go, what the hell is the idiot looking at? And I was like, oh, that's me. So you got an awkward family photo taken checking out your mother-in-law's cleavage. 100% red-handed. Does your, mother, does your mother-in-law have better boobs than your wife? Oh my Are God. they fake? My mother-in-law's rack is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're huge. I lo- yeah, absolutely. But, you know. That That's is between uh, you and me. Don't, uh, just, don't yeah, just, just between, we won't. I won't tell anybody, Robert. Thanks for the call, Robert. Calling. I won't Hi, tell dude. anybody. I won't tell There's anybody that Robert, week, folks. Robert from San Bernardino, just called in and said that his mother-in-law's boobs are better than his wife's. Just between me and you, if several you hundred thousand that, people hear it again on Friday. I bet several hundred thousand people listening across the country, or people now listening on the podcast. Which have I mentioned? You might want to go subscribe to on iTunes. Search Outkick. 877-996-6369. So the single guys out there have no idea what they're headed for, right? You have no idea what your life is going to be like when you eventually... And I tweeted out the picture. Did you guys see the picture that I tweeted out of the family uh, Christmas matching yeah, Christmas the West pajamas? World, the Westworld rustic shot that looks like it's from like the 1800s with ancient pajamas. Well, my wife decided that black and white looked better. We've got a bunch of different colors. And again, my wife, when she comes, she's like the, the Michelangelo of Christmas cards. It's like she spends all of her effort now making sure the Christmas card looks as good as it possibly can. But yeah, it's it's black and white sitting on the family bed and there are a lot of people out there who've been in that position where you're just wearing the family matching pajamas with your two-year-old, your six-year-old, your eight-year-old, and your wife and you question what in the world have I done with my life to end up in this situation. Uh, Kevin in Indianapolis. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Clay. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing well. Good, good. Hey, apparently I'm I've married one of the last few remaining normal women because I've never ever had to submit to anything. Do you as have crazy kids? As any of you guys? I do. I actually have my third on the way in five years, so I've at least been laid three times. Which for a married guy, it's bad. <laughs> Congratulations! Having sex three times in five years for a married guy is pretty good. Yeah, so I think y'all need to have your your DBAP shirts revoked. I'm not gonna lie. I, you know, I had it was ironically I didn't know that I had the DBAP shirt on, but I definitely thought to myself, I'm being a total pussy willow as I zipped up my footy pajamas, Christmassy, to get my family well, picture you, taken. You know, I'll contend too and agree with with J Mart there. I'm I'm almost positive Russell Wilson was the one who planned this picture. You think Russell Wilson was the guy who said we need to get a? a nope. There's no way. Yeah, Sierra's a little hood. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty sure she was she was questioning her decision to marry this guy. I definitely see Russell Wilson as the one who was like, you know what? This is what we should do. She immediate regret. If Russell Wilson came up with the idea to do pregnant photos to send out to people, then 
I have that Russell Wilson's never going to win another Super Bowl. And to be frank, I think we might need to strip the existing Super Bowl that he has right now. We discussed There's no it. way that a man came up with that idea. We discussed it during the break. Robert and yep. Danny G and I were all talking about it. And if there's one guy that you think of, like, artistic and symmetry, like, if I'm looking at that couple, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. which one's the smart one that would want to be MC Escher? It would be Russell Wilson, not Sierra. You tell me. Yeah, Clay, I met Sierra a couple years ago. I'll just say this. I think she's she might be tougher than Russell Wilson. She wears the pants in that family for sure. Wow. That's that's an indictment. If Russell Wilson was the one who decided we need to send out pregnant photos with your other kid in it that you're not the father of. If I was future and I saw that, I would say, "What? how in the world did you decide to include my naked kid? Is that a boy or a girl they had? I don't even know. Anybody know? That's way more information than I need to know about uh, them, but I'll look pretty it Pretty sure they have a son to right, their future. So and see how it. in the world did you choose to use my son naked in your announcement about having a new baby? I can't even imagine what Future was thinking when he saw that or what Future's buddy said when he saw that. Your baby mama's got your, got your boy naked on, uh, for millions of people to look at. That poor kid. Yeah, imagine the kid in about 10 years. Oh, 100%. Maybe not even 10 years, like eight years. Everything. It's on the internet for the rest of his life. Here's your mom naked with your naked ass on her and your stepdad. That could be your stepdad. Could be any other light-skinned black man, too, standing in for Russell Wilson since his face is not actually in the photo. 877-996-6369. We're going to power through. Final half hour of the show. But first, let's find out what's trending now. This is Future. His next album is going to be called WTF. Or F, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook had 58 points last night. We haven't even mentioned it. There you go. Russell Westbrook, 58 points last night. You don't ever talk about sports. I just told you. Russell Westbrook, 58 points last night. Got all your needs. Any big uh, any big sports scores that I need to give today? Oh, you could obviously go down the list, but I, I, think, you're, I think you're in good shape today. Sports talk guy hasn't been calling and ringing me off the hook today for the first time in a while trying to find the least interesting sports score out there. The Netherlands beat Korea in the World Baseball Classic. Japan beat Cuba. And then Cuba beat China. There you go. Big time big time rewards there. Robert, what about the uh, podcast? You got news? Absolutely. We mentioned earlier in the show, Clay, that uh, Mexico was coming up the list of Big in Mexico. Outkick just taken off in Mexico. It's not surprising. The Mexicans love us. I've been thinking that for a long time. We're anti-Donald Trump. We're not trying to build a build a wall. We're trying to build a bridge to our southern neighbors. And hopefully you're enjoying the show down there on uh, in, in, in beautiful Mexico. All right. But, but now i got some competition. Absolutely. The big news, though, today, actually, in the international front is that our Japanese brethren are shooting up the list. They are now number four on our international download list. What's our top international ranking right now? Where is OutKick the most popular? It's Where still, are we dominating? Canada. You know, Canada doesn't even count. That's America's top hat. That's basically America. <laughs> the, All right, then so it's toss the, Canada on the scrap heap. There, they, they, they speak the same language as us. They wish they were Americans. They count as us. So we're 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 simpatico there. You, me, me and you in Canada, we're all one. All right. Then we got the UK, New UK, Zealand. All right. I'm going to the UK for vacation this summer, so that's good. Maybe we can have a meetup in the UK for the eight people who are downloading the show in Canada. Then we got New Zealand. New Zealand really does love us. 
I don't I, I don't know I what you. is it the Kiwis out there, the Kiwis in New Zealand. I don't know Indeed. who all these people are in New Zealand who are absolutely listening to the show every day, but thank you in New Zealand. All right, then who else we got? Then Japan. And I have a feeling that by the end of the week Japan's gonna overtake New Zealand. Japan Tokyo is just drift. surging up. Any new cities? Any new cities? You you've got the data in front of you right now. Any new cities where we're making a move? Uh, you know what? I mentioned earlier that, that Knoxville was making a big move. That, that's the big mover and shaker in the city front. Nashville, Houston, New York City, Atlanta, and L.A. making moves. And then Knoxville, which is small, per capita, big move for Knoxville. By the way, you guys are sending me incredible family photos of yourselves, confessions out here. Um, and if you're not following me on Twitter, I'm retweeting some of these in phenomenal photos. Just absolutely phenomenal photos of everybody out there. And... Um, <laughs> I can't stop looking at this Russell Wilson and Sierra photo. I just, I, I don't know what could be going on. And why would you not in this photo, again, you have to go see it. Go follow me on, on Twitter at Clay Travis if you want to see it. Why would you not at least just stick Russell Wilson's head out the side? Sierra is naked except for the fact that she's got panties on. I don't know what Russell Wilson is wearing. He's topless too. I'm hoping he's got underwear on. The baby has no pants on. And why would you not, if you are Russell Wilson, at least say, maybe I should stick my head out to the side just so people know who I am. Or I've got the wedding band on. At least let me put the, the Super Bowl ring on. Because that, that would actually have been pretty funny. If Russell Wilson, you only see his hands, the only way we know it's him for sure is that he's got his Super Bowl ring on. I'd be like, okay, I can kind of roll with that. I can see how that could make sense. Anyway, you guys are fantastic. I appreciate all the feedback on um on the uh on twitter and uh beyond we started off the show talking about this and there's actually a little bit of breaking news that i think robert you had and i forgot to go to you with it about the dallas cowboy quarterback situation and what is it uh it's danny actually robert yeah robert was busy reminiscing on his uh on his dbap pictures from (laughs) when he got engaged it was awesome when he was squatting (laughs) on that rock when he got on the knee with the rock and the and the fiance soon to be wife it's just it's a lovely photo it really is this is uh from nfl.com a little earlier this morning nfl network insider ian rapaport is reporting that free agent quarterback josh mccown is now set to meet with the dallas cowboys so writing on the wall there it seems like for the tony romo split so if Romo is gone and Josh McCown is going to be the guy as a as a backup, that is a uh, that's a pretty intriguing kind of setup there, right? Because there's a pretty big drop off between Dak, you would think, and Josh McCown, but that effectively would mean that Romo is off and and going to be a free agent. And we started off the show, and I continue to reinforce it. I only see two options for Tony Romo out there. I think if you were Tony Romo's agent and you're sitting down with him, you are saying you've got a decision to make, and it's between these two teams. It's between Dallas and it's between, sorry, it's between Houston and it's between the Denver Broncos. I don't see any other options. And I think ultimately it comes down to who do you trust more? Do you trust Bill O'Brien? Or I think even though he's not the head coach, I think John Elway's really kind of the guy who's making everything happen in Denver. Who do you trust more? O'Brien, supposed to be a quarterback guru, but everybody that he's brought in to play quarterback so far with the Texans has been crap. Now, maybe you can say that's because he's just had crap quarterbacks. There's also an argument out there, and there's more people increasingly starting to say it that are asking the question, how much of it is the system with the Houston Texans as opposed to the quarterbacks themselves? Because you got talent at wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. You should have the ability to win more games and score more points offensively than they are. 
So if Tony Romo is the answer and he goes in and Tony Romo is able to stay healthy, I think the Texans would win the AFC South. Speaking of which, did you see the Tennessee Titans fan? How bad have the Titans been? This, this, this concept of fans getting tattoos in advance of their teams getting championships, it goes viral, right? Everybody decides, oh, here is a tattoo of my favorite team. I'm so confident I'm getting it in advance. I'm going to take the picture and put it on Twitter or Facebook, and everybody shares it and says, wow, this is amazing. It's become a trend. Everybody does it. But usually they do it to win a Super Bowl or to win a national championship. The Tennessee Titans have been so bad that a guy has already gotten a tattoo, and it just says 2017 AFC South Divisional Champions. (laughs) How rough is that? You know your team has sucked for a long time when you're trying to follow the tattoo trend, but you're not willing to be get the 2017 Super Bowl champs. You're only willing to get a divisional title tattoo. And does anybody even get a divisional title tattoo? I've never even seen that before. So that's how bad the Titans have been. But if Tony Romo went with the Texans, they would win the AFC South. I don't think there's any doubt. The Indianapolis Colts, defense still not good enough. Andrew Luck's fantastic. Blake Bortles is done. I'm not a believer in Bortles as the quarterback at the Jags. Even though they're a young team, I think Bortles is going to blow up the next year uh, in a bad way. I think that, that, that he will fall back to a backup in the league. Mariota's good. Titans are still the Titans. I think they would win if Romo went there. The Texans would win the AFC South. I'm not sure you say that about if Romo goes to the Denver Broncos, which is why it kind of gives me pause a little bit because I feel like Denver is probably a better situation, and I think the talent around Tony Romo at, with the Broncos would probably be better. And I certainly like the management and ownership and the structure of the Denver Bronco franchise. But you have to play every year against Derek Carr. You have to play against the Oakland Raiders. You have to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think that San Diego, now L.A., the Chargers, are going to be awful forever. Phillip Rivers probably right now, other than Derek Carr, number two quarterback in that division, right? Alex Smith, number three. Number four would be Trevor Simeon. I think that's probably a fair breakdown of the quarterback situation. And by and large, in the NFL today, all you have to do to figure out which team is the best in a division is rank the quarterbacks. That's all you have to do. Now, there may be some divisions where you're not sure, but pretty much every division is won by the best quarterback in that division. Doesn't happen very often that there are exceptions. So the AFC West is pretty stacked. Now, the AFC South, if Romo went there... You'd have three really good quarterbacks. Andrew Luck is outstanding. Marcus Mariota is outstanding. If Tony Romo's healthy, he's outstanding. I'm not a believer in Bortles. So maybe it ends up roughly equal. I still like the Texans with Romo's chance better to win their division than I like the Broncos with Romo's chance. That's probably why I would say Houston by a nudge is a little bit better situation competitively. But that's where you have to start to analyze the situation at large and make the decision, if I'm Tony Romo, can I end my career just like Peyton Manning did and just like John Elway did? It's the place where quarterbacks go to ride off into the sunset with Super Bowls. I think if Tony Romo goes to Denver, that he will go to a Super Bowl. I really do. I think if he's healthy and he goes to the Texans, there might be a decent chance that the Texans with Tony Romo go to a Super Bowl too. I'm more of a believer than just about everybody else. What's what's going on, Jason Martin? Eric and Kalamazoo's mad? Yeah, he's not thrilled that we didn't take his call earlier and then we started talking about nonsense. Does he want to call back in? Is he with us now? He's a, yeah, he's with us. 
Uh, okay, tell Eric and Kalamazoo we will go to him. We come out of the next break. Eric and Kalamazoo, we'll see whether or not he's angry. Uh, and we will go to his call when we come back uh, here for the final segment. But first, let me tell you about my friends at AutoZone. And my friends at AutoZone want you to know that right now you can enter the AutoZone Rev Up Your Refund Instant Win Game and Sweepstakes for a chance to win thirty grand or other prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends four seventeen seventeen. Must be 18+. plus. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We're always in the zone here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Going to finish off with your calls. Again, run us up the podcast rankings. Go subscribe. Fox Sports Radio now on iTunes. Right now, if you scroll in, outkick the coverage with Clay Travis is the number three sports show in America. And my afternoon show, Outkick the Show with Clay Travis, is number 12. If you like this show, and let's be honest, how could you not? Go download the podcast. Go give us a review. I'll read some of the funny ones tomorrow. Thank you to Mexico and Japan for loving us. Let's go to Eric in Kalamazoo. He's mad. We didn't go to him earlier. What's up, Eric? Good morning. Clay Travis. I was talking about the Dirk Nowitzki Larry Bird comparison. That Dallas team was loaded, man, way more than I saw y'all review that. To not, you know, to say, not to take nothing away from Dirk, but man, that team was loaded. The Mavs team that he and won a title with, with was loaded. Jason Terry, Deshaun Stevenson, okay, Tyson Jason Chandler. Broke, okay, Jason Terry had broke a record for hitting three pointers in that series. Uh, Karan Butler carried that team the whole season, man. Just happened to get hurt in the playoffs, but he was a gun. It was a whole lot of other things happening with Dallas other than Dirk. But Dirk, not to take nothing away from him, he did an excellent job not missing free throws and shooting. Trust me, he did a great job. Who's the best white Larry, basketball player you've ever seen? Larry, Larry Bird went to five finals, man. Larry Bird was so much better than Dirk. You couldn't even mention them two in the same. And I'm a brother telling you that. All right, you can, the poll question, uh, black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, they are all saying that Larry Bird is much better than Dirk Nowitzki. Thanks for the call, Eric. Uh, Charlie in Eugene, Oregon. Charlie, what's up? How are you? Good. How are you, Clay? I'm excellent. So you got an embarrassing family uh, photo story here? Uh, not exactly a family photo. It was a story I had with uh, an ex a couple Christmases ago, and I was listening to your story with your Christmas photos, and it made me think of it, and I was cracking up while you were telling that, by the way. I appreciate um, that. I'm glad so my pain entertained you. This was uh she's she's now an ex, but this is a girl uh, a couple Christmases ago. Um came home from work one day and it was around Christmas time and she had the idea to um take some Christmas photos together. And immediately my uh some red flags went off cuz I was not excited about what she had in mind, which it turned out I was it turned out to be right. Um she want she had matching sweaters that she wanted to wear. Uh, same design on the sweater. She wore the red. I wore the green. And um, she had a friend who was a photographer uh, who scheduled the shoot. And um, the day of the shoot, uh, which I was not looking forward to, she comes up with the idea that we're also going to wear uh, reindeer antlers. Um, so I had to put those on as well. And we also How had old were the, you? Uh, I was 25 at this point. And this girl's around uh, the same age? Yeah, she was 24. Was she um, really, was she really and, hot? Uh, probably the 
most attractive girl I've been with for sure. Because um, otherwise, a girl comes to you and says, "We're going to put on reindeer antlers in this photo." You're just like, "No." But if she's hot enough, you're like, "Okay, I'll do it." Yeah, basically, that wasn't even the worst part, Clay. The, the worst part, we had to have the cat in the photo as well. <laughs> And um, he also had to have a pair of antlers. And you were talking about kids being hard to uh, keep for a photo. Try try holding a cat um, and forcing a, a smile that looks somewhat genuine. I would. Uh, that's a challenge. I would, I would dare anyone to take on. Yeah, that is. There's no way on earth imaginable that you could possibly do that for a girlfriend. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Gottlieb. He's calling in. He's insulted that I said that Larry Bird and Dirk Nowitzki is a debate at all. What's up, Gottlieb? Do we have him? You didn't. You also didn't include Gary West. Yeah, well, he's so old. He's the only player in the history of sport to win the MVP for a championship that he didn't win. <laughs> now, it's a great I mean, stat, but I don't think it would happen now. Although I did think that LeBron, you could make an argument, deserved the MVP. What, when, uh, who won it? Uh, Andre Aguadala a couple of years ago when the Warriors won that series. I thought that LeBron was the best player on the court that entire series. Perfect. Right, you could even go back to when they lost to the Spurs this last year in Miami. Uh, remember, he started cramping up. He was dominating the series before he started cramping up, and uh, you know he was clearly the best player. When he didn't, when he didn't play well, they didn't play well. Uh, the last thing is like people point out the the LeBron's dominance or his how how much his team improved when he joined them. Go and look at Larry Bird first year with the Celtics. Uh, he went. He got drafted. He went back to Indiana State. They used to have a rule where you go back into college and they retain your your draft rights. And I think they won twenty some odd games the year before, and they won like sixty one his first year as a rookie in the NBA. Like Dirk is probably a better pure shooter, which is sacrilege for any white man to ever say somebody's a better shooter than Larry Bird. Since Larry Bird won the three point shooting contest without taking off his warm up jacket. I mean, come on, dude. But Bird is a much better passer. Not close, uh, and just a much more savvy player. I mean, he's he's a multiple time MVP. Larry Bird's in the in the pantheon of greatest players of all time, not just greatest white player of all time. Dirk has had a great career and a one time MVP and a and a championship, but it's it's not not really comparable. Quickly, who's the greatest Jewish player of all time? Dolph Shays, right? Dolph Shays. No uh, idea. Little 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 known fact: there was a time in the twenties and thirties where people thought that Jewish players uh, were genetically superior to the average uh, white Anglo-Saxon player. True story. Go look it up. Outstanding stuff. Doug Gottlieb, go follow him at Gottlieb Show. I am Clay Travis. We have had an outstanding show, as we always do. Go subscribe on iTunes. Drive us up to number one on Fox Sports Radio. Search out OutKick. Search out Clay Travis. You can listen to the entire show. And why wouldn't you want to do that? It's much better than work. That's our plan anyway. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, every single day here on Fox Sports Radio. My thanks to Danny G. My thanks to Robert. My thanks to Jason Martin. Follow them on Twitter as well. I am Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.